Welcome to the Mad Mamluks. My name is Muhammad. My name is Amir. My name is Sam. Today we have a guest and a good friend of mine, Hamza Warsi, here to talk about halal foods and give us a little insight into that subject. He works for Halal Advocates, which is an organization established in 2008. The Halal Advocates emerged out of concern of a few individuals for the state of Halal in America and its implications to the Muslim community. Hamza, thanks a lot for being here. Wa alaikum as wa rahmatullah. Barakallahu feekum for having me. I really appreciate it. Wa alaikum salam. It's our honor, man. Um, you know, I know you as the guy, like whenever anyone has a question on what's halal, what's haram, everyone calls you. Everyone calls you. That's, that's always what I knew you as. How'd this whole thing start? Alhamdulillah, in uh, 2008, Halal Advocates was established. We started off actually doing a lot of research. So what we had to do was in order to, basically we are, we are a non-profit organization and we do halal audit and we do halal certification. So in order to begin that process, you can't just dive you know, head first into certifying uh, different establishments. So the, the first thing that we did was to travel around the world. Alhamdulillah, we went to many, many, many countries in South America, in Brazil, to Colombia, we went to Canada, South Africa, Dubai, Saudi Arabia went to the UK, went to Australia, went to New Zealand, uh, just specifically researching what the methods of slaughtering were occurring in these different countries. The reason why we did all this research was because all of this meat was coming into America. So it was coming into Chicago, it was coming into California, into New York. So we wanted to see which slaughter methods they were using. So during this long journey, we actually visited different scholars and different organizations which had certification bodies. So in South Africa, they had a certification body. In Canada, they had a South African, uh, sorry, a certification body. And they had one in uh, UK as well. So we went to them, we went to the organization, we said, hey, look, uh, we want to start something in America. Can you give us some advice? You guys have been running for a number of years. So they all gave us a number of advices to, on how to start things in America. So that's just a gist of how we got started in, in uh, America. Before you guys, was there any, any kind of organization like this? Yes, there are many organizations in America currently that do halal certification. So that was already present. One thing that we strive for is a higher standard, which we don't see in different organizations. The higher standard meaning the sunnah standard. You know, reciting the tasmiyah, reciting bismillah, Allahu Akbar, when slaughtering the animal, severing majority of the vessels of the the animal, right? So there's a difference of opinion on how many veins need to be cut and things like that. So we make sure that all four veins are being cut. The reason why we make sure all four veins are being cut, there are differences of opinion, and I'm not here to make my opinion uh, or someone else's opinion more uh, grand than another person's opinion, right? There's difference of opinion in the religion of Islam. We all understand that. So in order to encompass every single Muslim, regardless of their opinion, right? We make sure that all four vessels are cut. They are cut by hand using a sharp knife. And also that the tasmiyah, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, the recitation of God's name is pronounced on every single animal out loud. Why, why can't there be one uh, unified organization? I understand that there's a difference of opinions mm -hmm. and whatnot, but why can't we have one organization like yours that says, okay, we're going to go by the most safest method? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of challenges that people face um, in the halal industry. The reason why, unfortunately, why, you know, it's the same question that can be posed. Why can't there be one big masad, big masjid, right? Where everyone comes together and prays to Allah, right? Which is, mashallah, we have a lot of big masajid in the area, right? But the reason is 
honestly, it's because of a difference of opinion. Uh, they follow a different scholar who says well, this way is okay. So they allow that for their certification. But you could imagine how the confusion just for the average Muslim who doesn't keep up with all these different standards and organizations. They just want to know if, if they're eating is halal or not. They can't be bothered by all these different organizations and standards and whatnot. They just don't have the time or they don't care that much or enough to look into it. I, I think we as Muslims need to come together and say, hey, we have to figure something out, a standard. Um, mm -hmm. What some of our biggest groups within our uh, within North America need to come together and say, hey, we have to figure this out because this is causing a lot of confusion. I, I think one of the one of the main reasons why that's very difficult thing to ha why that's very difficult to happen is because we are not in a Muslim country, right? And I think we had the discussion probably before on many different podcasts, but it's worth mentioning that there is a, a phenomenon now where we're in this melting pot and Muslims from so many different parts of the world and so many different opinions appear in this very country. And um, there's so many different religious bodies that conduct their own way of doing things, which is fine. Um, that's just a different challenge we have that the Muslim countries don't have. So inshallah, for the struggles that we go through, we may be getting a different type of ajr than they do. But the point, the reason I'm mentioning all this is we don't have one mufti for the entire state, entire country of the United States to say, this is how we're going to do this. and this is how, All the Muslim countries have that, right? Yeah. So that's one way of diffusing this issue, but we don't have that. And I personally believe if we don't have that, then we're never actually really going to get rid of all of this, so we have to work with it. Yeah, we're, we're never going to solve this problem. And we're never going to solve the issue, yeah. It's always going to be uh, one, another standard, another organization that's going to start. But I, I personally, if since see, for me, the way I think is, and I don't want to get too philosophical, I kind of think that since that's not a possibility, I don't think we should refer to that as a problem, right? I think we kind of refer to it as an issue that we just have to deal with and um, if we can come together, that'd be awesome. But we shouldn't really think that it's really going to happen anytime soon. No, I, I, it's not that it's going to happen real time soon. It's just that recognizing that there is a problem. Oh, yeah, know, yeah. And that we have to work towards that objective. Hamza, do you, do you, do you see any issues with uh, different organizations? Does someone say, oh, hey, these guys said it's okay, but you guys maybe don't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't stand to your standards. Has that ever happened? Yes, many times. So the thing to acknowledge right now is that we're in America, right? So there is no, there's a separation between church and state, meaning that the laws of the land, anyone could bring it up. So there was famous cases that were brought up. Um, for example, one person was selling hand slaughtered and they were labeling as Thabiya uh, Halal, right? And then a new company came in and they used a different method of slaughtering, right? And they were also saying that it was Thabiya Halal, right? So the guy got really upset. He said, no, I am doing the actual Thab of the animal. Thab means to kill it horizontally, right? Mm -hmm. So Thabiya Halal is basically if you're killing the animal with, with a knife in a horizontal method across the throat, right? So in that manner, every, even machine slaughtered would be regarded as Thabiya Halal. Right. So this this one company got really upset because they were using machine slaughtered and saying it was the biha. So he went he took him to court and he said, you know, this what this individual is doing, he's ruining my business. Right. Because everyone's assuming he's using the same exact methods that I that I am using. And I've been advocating for this and it costs, you know, X amount of dollars more than his brand because we have actual uh, slaughtermen on the kill floor. So the judge looked at it. 
And he basically threw out the case on the basis of that his version of Islam and the other person's version of Islam is different. Meaning you guys both, one views it as the Bihalal, the other one also views it as the Bihalal. So therefore, they can't do anything about it. Can you define that the term for us, uh, Zabiha and Halal? Like, I've heard both of them. Correct. I've heard just Halal. I've heard Zabiha. Mm -hmm. What is it? Yeah, I mean, if you, if you eat, uh, if I say I ate Halal food. Yes. Does that still count? Zabiha? <laughs> I like that innocent face you made when you did that. <laughs> no, because all I do is I look for the halal sticker or any halal sticker. I don't know who's issuing what. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I just ask uh, the people, is it halal? And that's it. So I've actually seen, uh, this first-hand information, I've seen a package of... Uh, believe it was some some type of chips with pork skin on top of it right or they had some type of pork ingredients inside of it uh i'm forgetting the exact name of it but it was labeled as haran and i i picked this up and i was looking at it i was like how's this possible this is <laughs> this pork you know i i'm pretty sure in every form of islam it's not allowed but the thing is anyone can slap a haran label on anything right so there's no wait you actually saw this yes in, i've seen this firsthand in the united states in america correct in, in Chicago. This was not in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's other places outside of Chicago. My pork scenes that I ate were not. <laughs> no. So wait, so if anyone could just slap the sticker on, on any chips or whatever, any Correct. pork, uh, I mean, where's where's the line then? Where's the... that? That's what. That's why there is uh, certification is needed. Because if anyone you know, believing in any form of Islam or whatever difference of opinions they have, or, you know, if they can just say by face that, hey, I'm Muslim, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, someone takes from the court and says, hey, no, you know, the Muslims aren't allowed that. And he says, no, but in my version of Islam, it's okay. The judge can't do anything about it. Okay. That's It's very unfortunate that this is happening, but th the same way that anyone can throw... That's why when you asked, you know, what's the difference between Dhabiha and Dhabihalal and Halal and things like that, Dhab is the, 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 the way of slaughtering, right? So Wait, wait, it's Dhabiha? Dhabiha. Not Zabiha. Not with the Z. Ah, not, no. No. <laughs> For all our daisy listeners. Now yeah. we're causing a whole new type of yeah. confusion. <laughs> Anarchy is going to be reigning in the streets. I'm thinking, what is this? He's saying it wrong. He doesn't know. <laughs> it's with the Zal, not with the Zal. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So Dhabiha. Okay, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Where where do you guys stand on Creekstone? So I'm glad that you brought this up, right? Something very uh, unfortunate that's regarded in the in the community today is that they see our organization as like the halal police, right? Which is, you know, they say, oh, these guys are going around and saying this is halal and this is haram and things like that, right? We're a third-party audit where we don't say and we're not allowed to say what is halal and what's haram. I am not a scholar of deen. Sheikh Amr is here. He's a scholar of deen, right? Mashallah. I, 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 mashallah. I'm not a scholar. Who, who am I to say that this is, you know, lawful or unlawful in my religion? You know, I, I'm not of, I don't have that authority to say anything. So a lot of people bring up this question. Oh, what about this company and that company and that company? Look, it's very simple. The only thing I can say is that company, whatever it is, whether it's a slaughterhouse or a restaurant or, you know, a meat market, it's not certified by me. I don't go in the back of the store. I don't see the invoices. I don't see any of the fridges or freezers or anything of that nature. And I cannot comment on the halal status of that company. So what is your day-to-day -day then? 
Um, are, is is that what you do? Do you, do you guys go to the back of the store? Do you look at invoices? I mean, no, I'm curious though. No, I'm, no, it's good. Uh, what we do right now, Alhamdulillah, in Chicago, we have 19 stores certified by us. Right, so our certification. I want to kind of take you step by step on how we certify stores. Yeah. So basically, either we get inquiries uh, via email uh, generated from our website, or uh, there's individuals who you know customers who ask the stores to get certified, and when they ask, say, "Hey, call this individual, and he'll let you know what to do." So once I meet with them, there's an application process where they want to get certified, and they say, and and I, and I ask them, you know, what meats are you currently using, for example. Right. So they list out these meats and we say, hey, look, uh, these these uh, few that you have mentioned are approved by us or certified by us. But the other ones that you have mentioned, we don't currently allow it. So when again, like I said, I never say halal or haram. Right. It's currently not approved or not certified. Um, we only allow allow you allow you to use these products. And if you would like our certification, you can continue using these products, right? But these other ones you would have to get rid of. Now the other aspect is that what if he's not using a brand that is approved by you, right? Meaning he has four approved and two non-approved, right? And we have a list of say, you know, 20 approved. So it is my job to tell him every single approved item that he can get. Because the thing is, now, if I if I tell him, hey, you can buy from company A, B, and C, and I say, you know, company C is a little better, you know? What's that? Well, you know, it, it's saying that I can make some money off of company C. Mm. But at the end of the day, we don't make any, we, there's no profit in there. If he chooses A, B, or C, it doesn't benefit me in any manner. It only benefits the actual company, right? So in that same manner, we tell them this is what we approve of, and you can choose from these approved lists of suppliers and, you know, based on delivery schedule, pricing, quality, whatever it is, you know, you can choose, go wild and choose whatever you want to choose from these uh, s- approved sources, right? And the other aspect of it is, we, alhamdulillah, we have a full-time ingredient uh, specialist. He's a food scientist. Uh, he studied in South Africa and he got, he had training for uh, about six months under another certification organization that was present way before we were. So wait, what, what does the food scientist do? What what are his skills that he brings to? So basically, certifying? so when we certify a store, right, we don't only certify the meats because the thing is, for example, if you're buying, if you, if someone is saying, Hey, all the meat is uh, of the highest uh, standard and, uh, you know, everyone can eat from there. Right. What ends up happening is that if, you know, again, there's differences of opinions on certain things, but if you have, um, for example, um, vinaigrette right and you have vinaigrette that contains white wine right what's going to happen you're consuming the meat that's you know completely okay for every single person but that vinaigrette for example right it contains alcohol in it which isn't i don't know if anyone's okay with alcohol in islam right no one's okay with it Mm -hmm. the same thing goes i've went to many stores where uh they had yogurt for example and they said no brother everything I, i check it and everything's okay and i said I, I believe you. We just have to do our due diligence of going through everything. So I went to the back of the store and, you know, I was picking up breads and things like that. And I was documenting everything. And then I picked up, it was a, literally a five pound tub of yogurt. And I picked it up and I started reading it. I'm like, brother, what is, what, what's this word that it says? He's like, gelatin. And he got, you know, he got scared. And I was just like, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do with the yogurt. Either you can, 
sell it off because it was literally there's probably 4.9 pounds of yogurt in there <laughs> right so i said look i'm not here to judge you or anything if you want to use it you can use it call me back when you'll when you're done with it or whenever you're ready for the next step of the certification and he looks at me he says brother this is haram he's like how can i ever sell this to anybody right and he literally took it was a fresh batch of yogurt he took it and he threw it in the dumpster he's like you know we'll go get some no, new yogurt from somewhere else and one of the workers came up and you know the, he's like he's like what's going on you know this that he's like he's like oh you know there's pig in there he's like what's he? he's like he's like what he's like i just had it 30 minutes ago right and the other guy you know the owner turns to him he's like don't worry brother you're going to hell it doesn't matter <laughs> mashallah they were you know they were joking about it but you know there was there was actual concern for it as well so when we certify a store we don't only certify um what do you call it the meats we also go through the ingredients now something that comes up is cheeses Right. And a lot of people have a lot of questions about it. And I understand different scholars have given different opinions about it. Right. So in the Hanafi fiqh, there's a difference of opinion between, uh, I believe, Imam Abu Yusuf and Muhammad. Rahimullah. So they they say that there's something called istahala. Right. It goes through a transformation process. Right. A chemical transformation where the rennet or the enzyme, the lining of the stomach of the animal. Right. It goes through such a rigorous process that it turns into something new. Right. And it's not part of the animal anymore. Right. So a lot of the people who follow the Hanafi fiqh, right, they're all okay with any th- any uh, animal enzymes which aren't pig because pig is najis already. So they say you can't use this ruling for uh, for pigs. You can use it for any other animal, any other enzymes from any other animal. So when we look into it, our organization looks into it and we see Imam Shafi'i, rahimullah, he says, no, if it's not slaughtered in the name of Allah, right, and proper halal, Right, and you take it from a non-halal animal that's not slaughtered properly. We still won't. The, the Shafi school of thought won't allow it. Now, what am I supposed to do right now? Alhamdulillah, I have two Shafi inspectors who inspect stores. <laughs> I'm going to tell them go get a cheeseburger without cheese. It doesn't make any sense, right? So that same way, all of our ingredients, right? For all the cheeses, for example, they don't contain uh, any animal enzymes right they're microbial or they're artificial enzymes at the same time there's you know a lot of ingredients that people don't know about lipase for example it's a hidden enz- it's a hidden ingredient in cheese that's derived from animal right for animal byproduct and uh natural flavors for example you know it, it's it's in almost everything right it can have it can have animal byproducts or alcohol from a wine source stearate comes from the tallow of uh from tallow right from from cow Things like that that don't go through any transformation. I don't understand how when people look into it, right? They, you know, if you a lot of people live by the rule, if you can't read it, don't buy it, right? Yeah. On the ingredients line, which is great. But hey, man, I like I like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it gets a little difficult. You know, so people look for different uh, labels on uh, on what they're buying, right? So for example, everyone looks for the UD or you know yeah. the K triangle and things like that. What does that mean? It's a kosher certification. Yes. It's the Orthodox Union, the U with the O, right? Mm-hmm. And then D is for dairy. So now the thing is people people look at it as oh, it's kosher certified. I'm okay. Now when you look when you look into it a little deeper, what's the difference between kosher certification and what is mandated by law by Allah Ta'ala, right? When you take Elsa Stein from human hair, it's allowed in kosher certification, it's not allowed in Islam. When you take alcohol, for example, right, it's allowed in kosher certification. It's not allowed in halal certification. So these things, the food that you're asking, what does what does the food scientist do, right? He goes through all of this information. Wow. So every single time I have a new store, 
I sent him a long email. I said, hey, this is go through it. Let me know what is okay, what is not okay. Right. At the same time, we have scholars who studied for numerous years and specialized in different fiqhs. Right. It's not just one or two. No, we have scholars from almost every single fiqh, right, that's out there. Right. We have a Shafi scholar, we have a Maliki scholar, we have a Hanafi scholar. This way, he's he goes back to them and says, okay, this is an ingredient, right? What does each single fiqh say about it, right? And once they say, okay, this one says this, this one says that, this one says that, okay, this is the opinion that will encompass the rest of them. Meaning that this is the opinion that everyone will be okay with. This is the most strict opinion that we can follow. Mm. So in that manner, that's what he does, basically. So he goes through all the ingredients. And for example, now people ask, you know, okay, what if something is wrong? You know, what if you find honey mustard with white wine in it, right? Like, I don't want to throw out any names, but, you know, a lot of these fast food chains that we eat at, right, they have honey mustard, but it has white wine. What are you supposed to do? So his job is also to find alternatives. So he goes and does his research and finds alternatives of products that we approve of for that specific, you know, uh, like honey mustard or mayonnaise or yogurt. You just ruined like honey that. mustard for me, man. Well, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you guys anymore. Let's end this podcast. <laughs> I love honey mustard too. This is no, crazy. Can, yeah, but you can get a, a lot from a lot of different stores that, that don't have white wine. But yeah, I'm pretty sure he can give you a lot of uh, exchanges. But anyway, so, no, continue. So, so wait, how many of these restaurants are actually going through this process? Let's, Chicago's a pretty big Chicago's city. Chicago's a huge marketplace, mashallah. Mm-hmm. Right now I have we have as an organization nineteen certified stores. Um Alhamdulillah I have about eight on the wait list right now that I have to get to and that are going through uh the process of certification. And how much does this cost? This so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not, I'm not being a customer, I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot a lot of people, you know, they say and it's really funny because when people say, Oh, you know, these guys, halal advocates, they charge five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, and millions of dollars, this that is man, I wish they charged that. You know? <laughs> I wish I could make all that, you know, but alhamdulillah we don't, right? And our certification is very open and we only charge twenty five dollars a month. Wow. So that's less than a dollar a day for the store. And let me be clear as well, people say, Oh, what about the certification fee? You know, we do have a certification fee. It's twenty dollars. Reason why it is twenty dollars is literally because the frame cost me fourteen ninety nine, and uh, it costs about five dollars to print a fifteen page contract, black and white, and then you have one color uh, certificate certificate that I have to print as well from FedEx office, you know, on Butterfield Road. <laughs> so literally, it's just the cost of what we have. And now people ask, you know, why do you even charge, brother? You should do this for the sake of Allah Taala, and you should do it for free, which is true. Now, the thing is, what we have for, like I mentioned, we have, you know, different inspectors, right? So, alhamdulillah, right now, I have, I believe, 14 inspectors right now inspecting our stores. Mashallah. Now, people say, uh, you know, oh, so you inspect once a month, twice a month? You know, what, you know, how often do you do it? Alhamdulillah, every single one of our stores is inspected two to three times a week, wow. right? Wow. So, now the inspector is going and he's driving back and forth. Eh, at least I can pay for his gas money, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we do reimburse them per mile because... Uh, for volunteers, it's 19 cents a mile. We do give them that reimbursement as well. But also that $25, I tell them, I'm like, look, man, you know, you're doing, you're driving back and forth two, three times in a week. You know, please take this money, you know, fill up, you know, how's gas prices right now? You know, <laughs> you know, hopefully you could fill up, you know, a decent amount of gas, you know, that'll cover the amount that you're going back and forth. And a bag of M&M's. <laughs> at the gas station. Can never, get, can never go wrong with M&M's. <laughs> so that's something that we do as well. Now, a lot of people ask, you know, 
why, you know, for example, the, the reason for certification, a lot of people ask, you know, brother, why are you making this difficult? You know, just let every everyone's eating halal. You should trust your Muslim brother and things like that. So I wanted to go over a few instances that I personally witnessed, right? And I didn't realize how... Uh, how the phenomenon was because, you know, I was a kid when I started. I started in uh, 2011, right? And in the beginning, I didn't have a very active role. I was basically calling stores and just asking questions. And then once I got actually got, you know, got into the field and I was inspecting and I was looking at all these things, uh, we saw stores that would, for example, they would say every brother, everything 100% the Harad. They say, brother, I understand, you know, you're the Harad, but uh, is it hand-slaughtered product or is it a machine-slaughtered product? And they say, oh, brother, why? You, how could you ever question me? Of course it's hand-slaughtered, brother. You know, I go to the masjid, I pray five times a day. I say, mashallah, barakallahu feekum. You know, that's great. Thank you for letting me know. And, you know, I ask them, okay, who's your supplier? So they mention a supplier's name. And I'm like, okay, thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. You know, I hang up. And I turned around, I called the, the name of the supplier that he said. I said, Assalamu uh, alaikum, do you guys deliver to so-and-so store? No. What? No, but the brother just told me, you know, he, he's, he made qasam and he swore that for sure that, you know, he buys from you. Uh, is there any mistake that you've made? Uh, sorry, sir. Um, you know, they, they're replying to me and they're telling me, sorry, uh, we don't know what to say, but they don't purchase anything from us. So there's a lot of deception that's going on as well. More recently, I saw... One meat market is an interesting story. Um, one meat market who buys a large volume of hand slaughtered uh, chicken product, right? So they come in these uh, 40 pound boxes, right? So, you know, his delivery day is on a certain day of the week. So he gets his shipment and he's there busy cutting it up, his butchers and things like that, and preparing it for the week to sell. So what ends up happening is one of the uh, nearby stores comes to him running in and says, Oh, Fulan, I need. The box. I need boxes. Do you have empty boxes there? Right. So he said, Yeah, yeah. I just finished. You know, what do you need boxes for? He said, Oh, you know, I have a big order. I have to throw it in boxes. Or he says something along those lines. So yeah, definitely. You know, there's like 25, 30 boxes of hand slaughtered chicken product. You know, it's just empty boxes. You can take it, no problem. So he takes every single box and he, you know, he leaves. So later on, in you know, probably I believe it was two days later, you know, the man who owned the store with the hand-slaughtered chicken, he started thinking, he said, you know, I should stop by and say, you know, uh, see what's going on with my friend. You know, he had a really large order. He took every single one of my boxes. So he goes to the store and, you know, they're friends, so it was very open. And he, you know, he just walked, you know, casually into the back and he opened his fridge. He wasn't present. Uh, There was other workers there. So he opens and he sees all these hand-slaughtered products, right? All these boxes that, you know, were the same exact boxes from his store, right? So he, so mashallah, you know, this guy really uh, had husnudhan, and he he said, oh, you know, mashallah, my brother is buying hand slaughtered now. So he goes and you know he gets on the phone and he calls the supplier. He said, hey man, why didn't you tell me you started delivering to the store? And the supplier says, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, no, no. He's like, I was just there. I saw all of your chicken products in the back of the store. He said, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. I've never delivered to him. So then he approaches the owner and he says, hey, what's going on? And he's like, I, nay, I, you know, I just need it for storage and things <laughs> like that. And the reality was he's actually, he took those boxes and filled them up with, I don't know what he filled them up with. I wasn't present, but he did fill them up with other product. And he was saying that they were hand slaughtered, right? And then, 
a week later, he's, he was telling us that, you know, he's like, you know, he gets his delivery on a certain day. He cuts it up and, you know, he tosses it in the back of the dumpster. He's like, this guy was actually coming into the dumpster and he was trying to grab those boxes and take it to a store just to pull it off to the public. If someone, if someone walks in, right, and asks, oh, are you hand slaughtered? And someone wants to get really strict with him. Yeah, show me the back, you know, show me what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. He can open his freezer and say, hey, do you recognize this label? Oh, yes, I do. Mashallah, you're buying it. You know, that's great. Excuse me. So, and then, you know, they'll continue to purchase and he'll gain that customer base, right? So the thing to note is that the differences, you know, maybe in pricing is maybe $2, a dollar to $2 a pound, which is a huge difference. You know, there's a lot of, there's a larger profit margin, you know, there's a lot more profit to be made as well. Mm -hmm. So these are the reasons, you know, there's, there's many, I can go on for hours about, you know, how much deception and fraud I have seen. Well, how do you feel about people... The ordinary individual mm-hmm. just going to the back of a store, not they're not part of your organization yes. or anything. Let's just say I just go to a, a restaurant and I would say, open up the back of your store. Let me see what mm-hmm. you have. Do you think that's okay or do you think I should be relying on organizations such as yours to do that job? So now here, here's the thing, right? Uh, do you know what the labels for the boxes or the labels for, you know, if you eat hand slaughtered, for example, or if you eat machine slaughtered, you know, halal, uh, do you know which labels are for which? Let's say I know a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not saying I'm an expert like yeah, you, yeah. but let's just say I know uh, the major providers or manufacturers mm-hmm. of the proper Zabiya halal. Should I be asking or should I be relying on, on people who are in charge Honestly, do that job? I would suggest to um, rely on the individuals who are doing the work. The reason being is that I've noticed, right, between uh, elders and, you know, people in the community, they said, hey, you know, I went to such and such restaurant. I went in the back, you know, the individuals telling me personally, I went in the back and I looked for this and I saw this and I read the invoices and I did this. And I asked, you know, I didn't say anything. He's my elder. So, you know, I just said, okay, Jazakallah for the information, right? And then I asked one of the delivery guys and I said, hey, you know, what's going on over here? And he said... He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, dude, I told you about it already. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, no, no. What happened this week? You know? And he's like, oh, the same issue kept coming up. And he's like, I'm like, no, but, you know, this uncle told me that he went in the back and he checked it and things like that. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you think, you know, they're trained properly to read the dates on the boxes? There's certain boxes in the community right now in the industry that are very, very nice. And they can last for a very long amount of time. So, you know, our inspectors are trained to read the dates, cross-reference with the invoices to see, you know, if old boxes are there, if there's new boxes coming in. We see a pattern to occur as well. So we know, okay, he's going to order approximately this amount because he's ordering that every single week. Okay, we saw that, you know, his store wasn't running that well this week, you know, because there were, you know, for example, there was a blizzard in Chicago, you know. We know he's not ordering that amount you know, and when we pass by the store and we say it's extremely packed, you know, there's so many people, that means he has to be ordering a larger amount as well. So that same way, I honestly would not suggest anyone who's not trained. I'm not saying to completely rely on different organizations. And, you know, I can help you out as well if you wanted to get trained. That's <laughs> not an issue. You not know? at all. But yeah, I, I personally think that the, the easiest in in our dean and professionalism wise is to rely on the people that are of knowledge of that field right i mean honestly for 25 bucks you know before i honestly um i used to think it was a few hundred bucks you know i'm thinking it was it was a good portion 
And then, you know, I heard that it was $25. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you guys doing, man? <laughs> that's, uh, that's really interesting. You know, a question I had is with everything going on in, you know, the society and everything, right? And, you know, an argument that could be made is we have bigger issues to worry about than halal. What is your response to that? Why is halal important? Why is it important for you guys to do your job? Very simply put, Allah Ta'ala says it in the Quran. He says, you know, in Surah Ma'idah, he says to eat what is where his name has been said on top of the animal, right? On You know, the animal has been blessed with his name and then slaughtered. And he says, you know, I think two verses later, he says that don't consume which my name has not been set upon, right? Because that would be, uh, that would be bad, you know, that you would be punished for it. So the same way that people say, hey, guess what? This is what's going on in society and this is going on you know, children are leaving the fold of Islam. But the thing is, the same way when, you know, in a few months, inshallah ta'ala, we'll all be able to witness Ramadan and thereafter, you know, the Hajj season comes up in Eid and things like that. And people start discussing Hajj. You know, if you haven't gone, brothers, please go. You know, it's going to become difficult in the future. That same way, this is part of our deen. Hajj is part of our deen. Eating halal is also part of our deen. It's in the Quran. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us and showed us how to slaughter and how, you know, the importance of consuming uh, because it does have an effect on you. You know, if you're eating lower grade meat, you know, it's not healthy. Yeah. Just simply put, you know, and a lot of people are becoming more health conscious, right? Because when you go into different slaughtering methods and the mainstream methods, uh, you know, Sajid touched upon it last time in his podcast as well. And, you know, he was talking about the blood retention in certain cows between two slaughter methods, right? That, that you know, who wants a super bloody, you know, animal, you know, a, any food that contains a lot of blood and things like that, that's not that's not good, you know? And yeah. if you're having uh, lower grade, uh, you know, chicken or beef or anything like that it's not going to be something that's good for your body for nourishment that same way we want to kind of encourage using the higher standard where it's more humane right it doesn't uh the the, the animal doesn't feel as much pain right because yeah. there's a lot of crazy methods out there which i've witnessed firsthand where this guy you know like he literally he used a captive bolt pistol and he shot the cow in the forehead right and the cow collapses right onto the ground and you know the slaughterman comes in and he's like and he, and he cuts the neck you know the shock that's happening to the animal reflects on the quality of its meat as well and when i witnessed uh, a kosher knock box right basically it's a very uh box literally a box where the cow comes in the 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 gate shuts behind them right so there's no room to move back and you know left to right they're very uh in a tight position and they, you know, they slightly tap it on his uh, on the back, and the cow moves a little bit forward, right? And there's a hydraulic system where it lifts the neck up, lifts the f- sorry, the whole face up where the neck is exposed. And the sodomin comes in, Bismillah and he takes one swipe, and it's clean. Why is it that the 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 different uh, certifications for different religions? Why are they more strict than halal standards? That's very unfortunate. Something that happened, and, you know, I was on the phone after Jum'ah Salah, right? One of the brothers, he called me and he said, you know, I want to know if uh, I can allow this, you know, certain brand into your stores. And I said, you know, brother, we have to visit the store, for, visit the slaughtering facility first. He said, okay, you know, and I said, you know, before just, you know, driving out six hours and going there and seeing what they're doing, I'm like, do, do you mind if I give him a call and ask him certain questions? He said, yeah, yeah, go ahead, don't worry, here's his number, here's the individual, right? So... 
I give him a call and I, you know, I say, hi, you know, my name is Hamza. I work for Hal Advocates. You know, brother Fulan gave me your number to talk to you about, you know, your slaughter methods. So he's explaining to me that they're kosher certified, right? So it's a kosher facility. And he's also, excuse me, he's saying that it's also halal. And I said, okay, cool. Um, so how often do you guys kill? He said, oh, you know, right now things are a bit slow. We're only killing uh, two two times a week for cows. He's like, poultry is running five days a week. I said, okay, awesome. Um, I'm like, okay, do you guys use any pre-slaughter stunning? He said, no, we're not allowed to use pre-slaughter stunning. That's another thing. The, code, the, uh, the Jews are very strict on that. They're not allowed to use any pre-slaughter stunning. And then thereafter, I asked him, I said, okay, uh, you know, how do you guys treat the animals? You know, you, you know what's going on? I just want to see, kind of gauge what's going on. And then he the said... The culture of the, of the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Correct. So he's telling me that, oh, you know, you know, the animals come in and, you know, we take them. And, you know, he's like, we give them a little bit of water beforehand. And I said, okay, that's great. You know, I'm like, oh, does uh, any animal see another animal being slaughtered? He said, no. Immediately, he said, no, the other animal doesn't see it. I'm like, do they see the knife? And these are all stipulations, not uh, that I'm going, I was going very in depth with him. And then he's like, no, they're not seeing the knife. I'm like, oh, are the knives sharpened between each kill? He said, oh, he's like, for poultry, obviously you can't sharpen it uh, between every single kill because you're killing so many chicken at a time in the, uh, on the kill floor. So he said, yes, we do change out the blades regularly and we do change out the, we sharpen the knives between uh, when we're killing the cows. I said, oh, okay, you know, this sounds great, right? I'm, I'm very excited because I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, the, the, this is a, this is another place, you know, it'll help the Muslim as well because he wants to increase his business. And, you know, I said, mashallah, you know, and I was, I was getting very excited. I'm talking to him for about 20, 25 minutes. And then I'm like, I'm like, brother, uh, who does the killing? He said, uh, rabbinical technician. I said, what? Uh, he's like, yeah, a rabbinical technician, someone uh, from the certifying agency. Right. They do the slaughtering. I said, how are you saying this is haram? He said, oh. He's like, oh, I forgot to mention, there's a mullah present, right? And I started laughing a little bit. You know, you meant like, you know, a, a authoritative figure in Islam. And uh, he said, yeah, there's a mullah present and he's blessing all the animals, right? <laughs> I said, uh, do you know our blessing is Bismillah, Allahu Akbar. In the name of God, God is the most great. He said, what? He's like, I didn't know that. He's like, I don't know what he's reciting. I don't understand what he's saying. So I said, okay. I, I was a little like drawn back. And then I was like, I was like, okay. So the rabbinical technician is doing the slaughtering. So how are you regarding as haram? He's like, oh, no, we're certified by this body, by this agency. And they told me this is the method. And, you know, he's like, you know, we're paying extra for it to be called haram because the mullah, quote unquote, is present. there blessing the animals. So then I started, I was like, man, you know, this sounds very strange. I'm like, you know, what if you guys, you know, I was trying to figure out a solution as well. And I was like, hey, how about uh, what if we set up a certain day for the Muslim to kill? He said, oh, I have to find out from the kosher certifiers if, that, if that'll be okay. He's like, I really don't know. So he started talking a little bit more in detail. And he's like, oh, we have a processing center as well. So I said, whoa, you have a processing center. I know a lot of individuals who are looking to process halal meat. So he goes off the list and he mentions many, many products. And, you know, again, I get very excited. And I said, uh, you know, what if I got someone to give you our meat, right? And would, would you be able to process it? He said, no. I said, you know, why not? He said, oh, our processing facility is actually kosher certified. So nothing else except certain standards of kosher are allowed to be processed. So I got really, I was like, I was like, wow. But you're regarding what, you know, you're saying that there's an imam or a mullah that's, 
a mullah that's not slaughtering you regarding as haram. Because the thing is, when you look in Judaism, right, they're not allowed to consume the back halves of the cow. So the front halves, right, the cross cut, the shoulder, all the, the Jews take it. The back half, literally, they will have to dump it because no one else wants it. So it makes sense for them to sell it. Exactly. So that's why they get it quote-unquote certified by a different agency that says it's hadad and it's sold in the marketplace today and it's present where you know it's not actually uh, a muslim slaughtering it and then you know i ask some very specific details about which prayers they say and you know what who are they referring to when they're saying it and things like that so again i'm not here to discuss you know whether can we eat kosher can we not eat kosher things like that but the thing is that it's not being it you know, it's being assumed in the marketplace that it's slaughtered by a Muslim, but in reality, there's no Muslim presence. I do still plan to visit that facility just to see how things are running mm-hmm. uh, and see if we can kind of come to a solution where it'll be okay for all the Muslims. But for right now, that's present in the marketplace. It's very unfortunate. So when a, when a slaughterhouse, when they say no, they don't do it this way, they don't do it this thing, they can't do this, they, you, you, you try to work with them. You don't just say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, of up. course. Because a lot of times what ends up happening, right, is that if, you know, there's literally very, very small fixes to be made in order to make it haram, right? So when, if they're open to the idea, because honestly, a lot of these, uh, you know, slaughterhouses and things like that are not run by not, by Muslims. They're run by non-Muslims. So when you tell them, hey, if you tweak this or tweak that, you can make a lot more money. They're like, oh, how? You know, tell me about it, you know? So, yeah, of course, we always want to work with anybody and everybody, you know, that who if we can make it work in a system where we can allow it for our customers, we're always there, always there to help out. You guys in other cities also or just? Yeah, so currently, actually, we're present in San Francisco and we're also in Chicago. I'm actually working on Detroit right now. I have to go there this weekend. And this past weekend and Friday, I was in Milwaukee. Uh, and then, inshallah, we have plans for the next few months where we'll be in Atlanta, we'll be in L.A., we'll be in Seattle as well. New York, you guys got to work on New York. I heard a lot of scary stories about them. <laughs> New York. I'm originally right. from New York. Those euros over there. I heard some tales. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Um, I wanted to ask you another question. Um, yes. Do you guys publish a list of uh, of the ingredients you guys keep an eye out for? Or is that, is that something that's uh, kept in-house? The reason, uh, so to answer your question, no, we do not publish a list of the ingredients. The reason is because actually the ingredients change very rapidly oh, from okay. company to company. So in order and for don't us... Don't they have like different names for the same ingredient? Or, correct. Or, yeah, they, like stearate, stearic acid, you know, yeah. it's basically the same thing, but they have different names for it. So the thing is that things are rapidly changing. So as new, like I was talking about the certification aspect, when new ingredients come up or, you know... Uh, say they're using the same bread that we already approved before as well, then, you know, we do cross-reference. We double-check. And, you know, the food scientist's job is actually, you know, mashallah, he goes through it, you know, and he contacts these individuals and lets them know, hey, look, you know, we're allowing it in our stores because of these reasons. If anything changes, please notify us. Alhamdulillah, in the past, they have notified us as well. And they said, hey, look, we're actually changing our process like this or like that or things of that nature. And, they, you know, a lot of people are very cooperative with us uh, in order to allow their products into our stores as well. One thing I wanted to kind of touch upon, which I did a little earlier, and I want to be very open about it, is that, look, if anyone has said in the past that, hey, you know, these guys are halal or these guys are haram and, you know, things like that. This has not come from our our organization. Uh, our organization, like I said, and I repeat again and again, is that we are not the halal police. We're not allowed to say what's halal, what's haram. We say this is certified, this is not certified. Yeah, I've noticed that about you. Like, you, mm-hmm. you've never ever said uh, this is haram. 
Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never heard him say that. I actually I respect that about you guys. I respect that a lot. Because I think I never noticed it until now. It's funny. It's a very divisive thing to say that what you imagine someone going to someone's house and you're saying you just gave me haram food, brother. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, I would be very insulted. Correct. All I hear is Hamza doesn't eat here. (laughs) 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 If Hamza doesn't eat here, we out. (laughs) But the other aspect is that if I don't eat at a certain spot, maybe I don't like the food. You know, that that, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you know, they're doing a wrong thing or maybe I don't have time to go around that block or something like that. That's why I, I, I try to be as open as possible, especially with close friends and family. And they ask a lot of questions and things like that. I dodge a lot of that, the questions and I don't want to answer a lot of the questions because again, I'm not here to say this or that. And at the same time, when people ask me about new restaurants that come out, right? And ask me, eh, I don't like that cuisine. Yeah. You know, do I really need to research it and things like that? Oh, no, please, it's for us and this like that. But I say, hey, why don't you just go there? Tell them to get certified, right? And then if they get certified, you know, everyone will be happy with it. You know, another another thing, credit to you guys is um, I've noticed certain certain restaurants that do get uh, certified. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, business actually booms. Like there's a ton of yeah. people that go there. Mashallah. A ton of people that go there. I mean, I don't want to name any, but um, there's one in mind that I, that I always thought about. Like nobody, nobody used to go there. And then mm-hmm. now all I hear is this, oh, let's go to this place. Let's go I know this exactly place. what you're talking about. Yeah, you about. know what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> so alhamdulillah, this, this is the other aspect of certification as well. We don't, we don't only focus on Muslims. You do understand yeah, three, three, three of our stores are that are certified are run by non-Muslims. Wow. Right? Three of our stores. And Alhamdulillah. Not, and not wow. only that, remember um, there's one time where I think for Eid or something, mm-hmm. they stayed open. Um, they opened a little later and they stayed open a little bit later, I think. Uh, no, there was a sign for it. Actually for Ramadan. For right? Ramadan. That's what it for was. For Ramadan because they knew that we pray Tarawih Salah. Right. Mm. So they stayed open until after Tarawi, almost until Suhoor time. And I was like, you know, you guys don't need to do this. It's like, no, no, no. You guys are coming and eating. It's business for us. I was like, oh, mashallah, <laughs> you know, it's awesome. And and it gives us, you know, an opportunity for da'wah as well. Because there was, it was so funny because uh, one of the owners was asking us, you know, how come you guys don't hang out with uh, girls? And we're just like, oh, you know, we're not allowed to and things like that. <laughs> like, no, I saw this individual with a female. And I said, hey, I don't know, that might have been his mahram. And I had to explain what mahram was and things like that. And then one time, it was actually in Ramadan, it was very hilarious. She uh, she calls me and she's like, Hamza, I have someone here uh, that wants to eat food, but he's Muslim. You guys are supposed to be fasting. It's, you know, the sun's out. And I said, <laughs> I said, hey, you know, maybe he's traveling. Maybe, maybe he's this sick. Yeah. You know, it, it could be a number of reasons. She's like, yeah, yeah, he told me he was traveling. But I don't, I don't believe him. Are, 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 are you sure? Is that okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, please serve him food. You know, it, it, it's a lot. You know, mashallah, she was taking that extra step wow. towards, That's you know, amazing. learning Islam as well. And there's another funny instance one time that, you know, the, the one of the owners was giving uh, one of my friends the receipt. And, you know, he accidentally touched her hand when he was grabbing it. And she's like, you're not supposed to touch me. I'm not married to you. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, they're, alhamdulillah, you know, they're learning about Islam at the same time. I know you guys, uh, you know, known as the, the halal police. We are not the halal police. <laughs> <laughs> what he means is people may assume that. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, they assume. Yeah. They're like, oh, these guys are halal, the, the halal police, whatever. Don't 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 talk to them or whatever. Yeah. Avoid them, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to, to respect different people. Like, different people have different beliefs. And no, different... exactly, right? So when... For example, right, something that's very important that the Muslims need to hear, right, is respecting differences of opinion mm-hmm. and respecting other organizations. For example, you guys are doing this podcast, mashallah. I'm loving it, by the way. Thank you. You know, for the last, you know, I've been listening to your podcast and they've been very informative, very interesting. And say, for example, and I never expect this from any of you guys, 
that if someone else opens, you know, another podcast and they're talking about Islam and different hot topics and things like that, I would never imagine in my life you guys saying, oh, that other podcast, you know, you heard about this, you heard about that, you know? No, Marshall. we totally would. We totally would. <laughs> I would, man. But <laughs> if there was a New York branch that opened up. <laughs> they don't eat the beer. <laughs> oh, man, mashallah. No, but I would never expect anyone from any other organization, mm-hmm. if someone else is doing good work, yeah. right? If someone else is doing the right thing, yeah. why do we feel that, we want to voice our opinion against them. That's yeah. that's very incorrect and it's very improper. You know, thanks a lot for that. Jazakallah khair, Hamza. I mean, yeah, this no, is, yeah. I learned a lot, actually. Yeah, <laughs> very informative. Yeah. I learned a lot. You know, for anyone who wants to get in touch with them, you guys have an email, right? You yeah, so you, if anyone were, if anyone wants to volunteer, uh, I don't know many people who want to get into this uh, <laughs> halal industry. Seems or like a cutthroat business. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, alhamdulillah, you can email us for the Chicago chapter, at least. Uh, you can email us at chicago at halaladvocates.org. If you have any general inquiries, you can always email us at info at halaladvocates.org. And we'll answer any questions that we can answer. Email us at uh, themadmamluks, T-H-E-M-A-D-M-A-M-L-U-K-S at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter handle, uh, also at themadmamluks. Jazakallah, Barry.